It is a Feedback Friday. We answer listener questions like, where do I think the Kings will finish in the Pacific Division this year? And did the Kings overachieve last season? Which Kings players might have career years this season? Uh, what is it to like to be a Kings media member and go into places that fans can't go? And have I ever hated a Kings player? All that and more coming up on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. Um, we got to 500 subscribers not long ago, and we're now at 554 as of the recording of this show. And I'm feeling good about our goal to get to 600 subscribers by the end of the month. Thank you for all that have subscribed. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. For the past 20 plus years, I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick reporter, and NHL insider. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a very passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. We are seven days away from the 2022 rookie faceoff in San Jose. We've got more things uh, coming up on that in just a little bit as far as how you can uh, watch that event. Uh, training camp opens in 12 days. We are 19 days away from the Kings preseason opener against the Sharks, and we are 32 days away from the Kings season opener against the Vegas Golden Knights. So excited about it and uh, can't wait for the season to get going and all the things leading up to the season uh, getting going. But it is a Friday, and if you have watched this show before or listened to this podcast before, you know that that means it's a Feedback Friday. And we've got some interesting questions from listeners and viewers like yourself that I look forward to answering uh, in a moment. We also have, uh, again, more information on that 2022 rookie face-off that the Kings are taking part in up in San Jose and how you can watch those games if you are interested. But let's get into it. Let's get into the emails. Our first email comes from Rob. He is in La Mirada, and he says, I'm very much enjoying the podcast. Thanks for putting out a show every day, especially during the dog days of the offseason. Uh, have you gone on record with a prediction this season for the Kings? Do you think they're going to be a playoff team again this year? Uh, well, uh, Rob, I, I've, I've mentioned it in passing, I guess you could say, uh, as far as what I think the Kings are going to do this season. I'm going to do a much deeper dive uh, as we get closer to the season, kind of do a preview of not only the Kings, but the Pacific Division, where I think they'll finish and why, um, who I think they'll be battling with for playoff spots potentially. Um, but I, I have mentioned that we had a, um, a, a poll of all the locked on NHL hosts and uh, asked, where do you guys think, you know, what's the order of finish in the Pacific Division this year? And it turns out, hopefully this means I know what I'm talking about a little bit, the exact order of finish that I predicted was the order of finish that, uh, on, on in general, the hosts of all the locked on channels uh, had, and that would be, and that had the Kings finishing in third place. So I have the Kings finishing in third, um, just as they did a season ago. Um, it, could it be higher than that? Of course. Could could they be, be lower than that? It's a possibility. I, I feel pretty confident though about the Kings finishing third in the Pacific, and obviously that means that they would be a playoff team. 
once again. Uh, our next email comes from John. He's in Reno, and he says, uh, in your uh, things Kings fans should be concerned about podcast, you mentioned that several Kings players had career numbers last season. Do you think there are any players this season that could have career years? And that's, and that's a great question and a great point because you tend to think that guys like Adrian Kempe, Kevin Fiala, Trevor Moore, Philip Deneau, you tend to think, well, they had seasons and put up numbers that they'd never had before. So there's a tendency, I think, among some people to think, well, they, you know, they let me, I got to see it again before I believe that that's legit. And so there's a possibility that all those guys might slide back a little bit. Um, I, I tend to think that they'll probably be around the same uh, numbers again, but I think there are a couple of easy answers for this. And, and that would be the younger guys taking a step forward. Um, I would say the, the the biggest candidate for that would be Quinton Byfield. Now you could certainly argue he has nowhere to go but up, and the numbers he put up last year weren't very impressive, so he better do better this year. Um, and I get that sentiment, um, but I do think Quinton Byfield is going to have a, a much better year than he had last year. I think he's going to double uh, his production from a year ago. Again, that's not saying a ton, uh, but he had five goals, five assists, and 10 points last season, uh, and I think in 40-something games, maybe 50 um, but I think he's going to get, uh, around 10 goals around maybe 15 assists, uh, for 25 to 30 points this year. That's what I'm expecting from Quentin Byfield. So that would obviously be a significant jump from what he did a year ago. Is that a, you know, is that where we all want him to be? Uh, not necessarily. Um, but I think that is reasonable to expect to see Quentin Byfield's numbers jump up. I would say at least double. From a year ago, uh, if not, then I think we can all be uh, more concerned than we are at the moment. Um, also, I think Arthur Kaliev, another young guy who uh, I think is going to improve on his numbers from last year. Uh, pretty solid year last year in his first full campaign with the Kings. 14 goals, 13 assists for 27 points. I think he can improve on all those numbers, and I think he will. He's going to get a full season, I believe, on the third line, playing with Alex Iafalo and Quentin Byfield. Uh, so I do expect those numbers to go up for Arthur Kaliev as well. Um, so I think, and again, again, I think that's kind of a, I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a cop-out necessarily. I think the I am answering the question legitimately, but it is, you know, the younger players taking a step up and putting up better numbers than they did in what was essentially their first years in the NHL. And it gets a pretty reasonable um, expectation. And I gotta, I gotta say, I think it's possible. I think it's possible Kevin Fiala might actually increase his numbers. Now, he had 33 goals at 85 points last season. Those were by far career highs when he was playing with the Minnesota Wild. But you got to remember, he was not playing on the top line in Minnesota. He was playing with uh, Frederick Gaudreau, who's kind of a journeyman, and Matt Boldy, who's a talented player, but he's still young and up and coming. And Kevin Fiala was going to play top line minutes this season with uh, Andre Kobotar and Adrian Kempe, unless something very unexpected happens. I think you can lock that in, write that down in pen, that that's going to be the case. And you would think with increased minutes, with increased playing time with better players, that I think it's reasonable to assume that his numbers could go up um, this season. Now, I guess the, the counter argument would be that when he was on that second line in Minnesota, he was the focal point of that line offensively, whereas now he's going to have to share the puck a little bit more. Um, but I, I still think um, that I, I still think it's possible that Kevin Fiala could have better numbers than he had last year, playing again more minutes and playing uh, with better players. Uh, our next email comes from Andrew in Long Beach. He says, "Did the Kings overachieve last season? Do you think they are on schedule in their rebuild?" 
Uh, I actually will have to be honest in that um, I, I, after last season, uh, my opinion was that the Kings were ahead of schedule and not on schedule. And that's because my expectations going into last season were that the Kings were not going to be a playoff team. I thought that they would battle for a playoff spot. I, I, my, my hope was that late in the season, they would be in contention for a playoff spot, but I had Edmonton, I had Vegas, uh, and I had Calgary all finishing ahead of the Kings. I thought they would finish fourth in the Pacific and probably be on the outside looking in because I didn't think the Pacific Division would get a wild card team in, which was the case last year. However, Vegas had such an awful season, certainly by their standards. I mean, everyone had them penciled in as the runaway Pacific Division champ, much less missing the playoffs was a huge shock. So I thought the Kings did benefit from that, to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I do think the Kings are going to be a playoff team this year. So I guess I would have to say it, because of my personal expectations that I think the Kings in my mind are a bit ahead of schedule. I know a lot of people think that they are on schedule. If you ask Kings players and coaches, they're going to tell you that they're on schedule. Um, and that's fine for them to have that kind of attitude. But I, I would tend to think the Kings are a little bit ahead of the schedule as far as where they are in the rebuild at this point. Uh, we have more emails coming up, but uh, first I need to let you know that if you haven't tried a Built Bar yet, uh, you need to do that, especially the Built Bar Puffs. Uh, they are amazing, especially the cookie dough chunk puffs. Uh, they have a light and chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks, and of course they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Uh, Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Uh, you're going to love the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. It's a perfect protein bar that tastes better than a candy bar. Ditch the fat, calories, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and that'll get you 15% off of your order. Again, that is Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off of your order. We continue with the emails, and our next email comes from Sarah. She's in Simi Valley. She says, I recently watched a documentary about pioneering female sports reporters, and they had a story about a female hockey reporter being physically removed from the Kings locker room by Dave Tiger Williams back in the 70s. Two questions. Assuming you've been in a locker room after games, is it now totally acceptable that there are female reporters in the locker room? And has there ever been a Kings player you genuinely disliked? Um, there's a couple of good questions. Uh, first of all, yes, I have gone into, uh, locker rooms after sporting events for various different sports, um, to get post-game sound bites. Things have changed recently because of COVID. Um, and, uh, things are a little bit more, um, I don't know if organized is the right word. Uh, it's not the right word I'm looking for. It's a little bit more, um, exclusive what that what they're doing now is and, and they're saying it's because of COVID and I'm not saying they're lying is that they have players come out and address the media rather than you just going into the locker room and sticking a microphone in someone's face and, and talking to them uh, I, I I personally and and I know that back in the day you had newspaper reporters who were trying to hit deadlines and things like that um, as far as just like I guess first let me answer the question um is it, is it acceptable? Is it comfortable for female reporters to be in a men's locker room when there, when there are players in various states of undress at times? Uh, I would say it's very acceptable at this point. I mean, all the players 
really uh, in the NHL at this point have had female reporters in the locker rooms. So it's not anything that is shocking to them or uh, I don't, I just think they're used to it at this point. Whereas back in the day when Tiger Williams was, uh, was a uh, LA King and playing in the NHL, uh, that was not something that you uh, thought was appropriate maybe, or it certainly wasn't something you were used to. Um, So things have certainly changed. Uh, There's no question about that. Um, But I, again, yeah, I do think it's, it's very acceptable. I will say this personally for me, I have never been very comfortable going into locker rooms uh, with players who, again, are, you know, coming in and out of showers and, you know, trying to compose themselves after a game, sometimes a tough loss. Um, It it just seems weird to me, frankly. Um, I've always thought that it should be a case, and I'm sure there are plenty of reporters that would disagree with me on this because they want to get in and get maybe their exclusive kind of chat one-on-one with a player. I've always thought it made more sense. And they do this in the Stanley Cup playoffs where the players and the coaches, they come out and they sit at a, at a podium or behind a, a desk at a microphone and address the media in that way. I, I don't know. I it, it, That always seemed to make more sense to me. And it's always been a little odd to kind of go into that locker room where it's kind of their space. And, you know, you've got a camera, you've got uh, a microphone and you're just kind of shoving it in their face and, and talking to them about it. Um, maybe you get kind of more of a raw response in that regard when you're doing it right after a game. Uh, if they go to a podium, they have more time to kind of cool off and compose themselves. And maybe you don't get that good sound bite that you might normally get. But personally, I've always had, uh, I've always thought it was just kind of a, an awkward feeling to go in there and, and talk to those guys in that situation. Um, as far as having a LA Kings player that I genuinely disliked. I mean, I think we all have had players if we've watched sports long enough that we're just like, Oh, this guy. Um, one that comes to mind is Andy Andrioff, uh, who was a very uh, marginal player for the LA Kings for a few seasons. He's still kicking around the uh, hockey. I think he's playing in the AHL. Um, but he was a guy that I just, I couldn't believe there wasn't somebody better in the Kings organization that we could put on the ice for him. And again, this is nothing personal against him. I don't know him. He could be an amazing guy, maybe a great teammate, but every time he got on the ice, and he was a fourth line player, but every time he got on the ice, I just rolled my eyes and, and knew that he was not going to do anything good. Uh, he was a player who just had, I, I don't know, he had enough skill, I guess, to be in the NHL, but he never did anything very good. He couldn't really pass. He couldn't shoot. Uh, I guess he was kind of thought of as an energy guy and maybe he'd fight every once in a while, but I swear every time he got in a fight, he never won it. Uh, so that was a guy uh, that I would just, uh, every time he got on the ice, I was just like, oh no. Um, but as far as genuinely disliking a player, there's really only one Kings player that when he was playing for the Kings, I genuinely disliked. And there was nothing personal between us. He never treated me rudely or badly or anything like that. Uh, but Sean Avery was an a-hole. Uh, he, he, he just was. Uh, he was not a good teammate. Um, I, I, he, I, I was genuinely thrilled when they traded him to the Rangers for basically nothing, and I didn't care. Uh, I just wanted him off the Kings. Um, so, yeah, there's real, that's the only player I can honestly say. I'll even use the H word that I hated who played on the Kings. Uh, and I remember when he came to the Kings – uh, there was talk that he was captain material when he came from Detroit and the Red Wings probably were like, man, we got to get rid of this guy. He's not good in our locker and we don't need this. You know, he's a young energy, kind of a fiery guy. And boy, to, to, to say that guy was captain material could not have been further from the truth. 
So uh, yeah, that was that was the get one guy that I I can honestly say I did hate as an LA King, Sean Avery. Our next email comes from Jimmy in Irvine. He says, I am 15 years old and I have recently started to get into hockey and the Kings and I found your podcast. Uh, have you ever seen the Kings play on the road? Do you have any road arenas you recommend seeing? Uh, did you ever see a game at the forum? Uh, what was it like for younger fans like me? Do you like staples slash crypto? Uh, what is it like to sit in the press box? There's a lot of questions there, Jimmy, and I, I appreciate all of them. Uh, let me Let me try and get to them one at a time here. Have I ever seen the Kings play on the road? Yes, I have. I've seen them play in Las Vegas. I've seen them play in San Jose. I've seen them play in Anaheim. Uh, other than that, I have not seen the Kings play on the road other than those two Western locations. Um, I have seen other NHL games in other arenas. I've been up to Vancouver. I've been to Pittsburgh. Uh, I've been to Tampa Bay. Um, those were all um, either vacations or work assignments covering other sports, but hockey was going on at the time. And anytime I, I travel somewhere, I try to make it, a point to see a hockey game in another arena if I can. Um, so yes, I have seen the Kings play on the road. I'd love to see them play uh, in other places. I, I talked about this when we we spoke with Erica Ayala from Locked On Kraken. Um, that my wife was born in Seattle. I'm a big fan of the city of Seattle, and we'd love to get up there to see a Kraken game uh, sooner rather than later. But yeah, I'd love to see the Kings play in other places on the road. It's fun. It's really fun, in my opinion, to go see your team play on the road. Um, oh, I saw the Kings play in Chicago. Uh, that was one of the worst Kings games I've ever seen. They got blown out by the Blackhawks, who were not good at the time. It was like six nothing a few years ago, and they the Kings totally didn't even show up. That was uh, that was tough. We that was the only thing that was interesting about that was story time here. Um, my wife, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, is a gigantic San Diego slash LA Chargers fan, and we went to Chicago to see the Chargers open the season against the Bears. And they won that game, and they, it was like a 1 o'clock kickoff. And then right after the game, we went to the United Center to see the Kings play the Blackhawks. So two sporting events in one day. And we actually made it in plenty of time because the, the two venues are not that far from each other. Uh, but unfortunately, the Kings just laid a total egg uh, in, in that game. So I forgot to mention to Chicago. Chicago, great city, by the way. But that was a that was one, that was was the worst Kings road game uh, I have ever seen. Uh, Jimmy also asked, um, do do I have any arenas that I recommend seeing a game road arenas that I recommend seeing a game? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Vegas is fun. Vegas is a fun environment and the Kings won that game, which made that a more memorable road trip as well. Um, let's see some other arenas. I, you know, one of my favorite arenas isn't, isn't around anymore. And that was, uh, the igloo in Pittsburgh. I saw a couple of games there. I thought it was awesome. It was like watching a, a game in an old theater. Um, he asked, do I like staples slash crypto? I, I like it fine. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see the upgrades they're doing over the next few years. Um, but it is, you know, look, if you're an old time fan and you've been to places like Chicago Stadium or the Igloo or the Forum, uh, those were better places to watch a game because it was more intimate. Um, the fans were kind of right on top of the ice. The, the sounds of the arena were were, were better. Um, but I understand the realities of business today. Uh, teams want these gigantic stadiums with all of these suites uh, that you know they get a lot of money from. That's certainly the case at Staples Center. Um, and, and there is something to be said for having a nicer venue. Um, like I mentioned in Pittsburgh, they have a, a, a state-of-the-art uh, facility now. It does not have the charm of the old igloo, um, but it is a lot nicer. I mean, the, the concourses at the igloo were, I mean, you were shoulder to shoulder with fans. Now it's, they're massive. I mean, you could 
drive multiple cars through the concourse now. So I get it. And plus it's a bit, it's a, it's, it's a money thing. And, and these teams are in it to make money. So I, I get it. And I like Staples center. Fine. I do like the whole LA live area. I mean, I'm old enough to know when you didn't want to go to downtown Los Angeles and do anything because it wasn't really, you didn't feel really safe. Uh, so, so know that that LA live area now and that whole, it's, it's so much nicer now than it was back in the day. So I'm, I'm cool with Staples center. Um, I did see a game with the forum back in the day. Like I said, it, it, it is a, it was a great place to watch a hockey game because it was way more intimate. They didn't have all these luxury suites. It was a lot smaller. And if you've gone to Staples or excuse me, to uh, the forum recently and seen a concert, you, you, you probably kind of get what I'm talking about there. Uh, also, he said, uh, what is it like to sit in the press box? Um, well, it's cool not to have to pay for a ticket. Um, you certainly have more room, more space. You're sitting in like a folding chair at kind of like a desk area. Um, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a big rule about no cheering in the press box. Um, when I watch games, though, I'm watching as a fan and a media person. Uh, so there are times when I might pound the desk uh, in celebration or in frustration, but there's really, you can't cheer. So uh, you have to cheer on the inside uh, if you are a Kings fan and you're going to those games as a member of the media. But uh, they they give you some goodies. Not like it was back in the old days. They would actually feed you a, a dinner. Uh, nowadays, you get some snacks. You get some Popcornopolis. You get as many sodas as you want to drink. Every once in a while, they'll have some hot dogs and some pastries up there. But uh, no, it's fun. I mean, going to games for free, sitting up there and uh, and watching the games is, is, is it's a great job to have if you can get it. Uh, we're going to have more emails in a second, but uh, I do want to remind you um, that you can watch the LA Kings uh, in the upcoming 2022 rookie face-off. And we're going to have more on that in a second, but I, I do want to remind you uh, that Locked On NHL podcast have you covered for all of your league-wide NHL talk with a rotating cast of local hosts from the Locked On NHL channels, breaking down the biggest ro- stories in hockey five days a week. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. A couple more emails before we close out this week's show. Uh, we have Hannah in West LA. She says, uh, thanks for what you do. I watch the YouTube channel and really enjoy it. I'm a huge Drew Doughty fan and was so sad when he got hurt last season and couldn't play in the playoffs. I'm very excited about this season and seeing Dewey back on the ice. Do you think he'll have a big season? Um, I do actually think that Drew Doughty is going to have a big season. I think um, I mentioned this in a previous show that um, there was no one more excited about this coming season from a player perspective than Drew Doughty. Uh, you know, Drew has been very upfront about the fact that he has been frustrated with some of the seasons in the past recently about the Kings not being a playoff team and wanting the organization to do more. Uh, so I know in his um, exit interview, which you can watch on, on YouTube, um, you could just, he had this, the only time he was sad was when they asked him about Dustin Brown. But other than that, he had a huge smile on his face like he does a lot of the time. You could just feel the excitement um, that he is feeling as far as the direction of the team. Um, he knows they're improving. Uh, he knows that some of the younger guys he thinks he's excited about seeing. I know he was very excited about the Kevin Fiala signing. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's nobody on the Kings as a player that is more excited about this season than Drew Doughty. I think that will translate onto the ice as far as how he plays. And obviously, we missed him a lot last year, not having him, especially in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I think Drew Doughty is going to have a, a, a very big, important season for the LA Kings this year. Our final email comes from Derek in Hawaii. And uh, uh, aloha, Derek. Um, mahalo for your email. I was I was born in Hawaii. Uh, my dad was in the military there. So uh, it's still cheesy to say what I said. Uh, he says, I just saw a feature on the NHL Network where they asked NHL players various questions to try and get to know them better. One of the questions was, 
who is the most famous person in your phone? So who is the most famous person in your phone? Um, that's a good question. I don't know that I have any, anybody really famous. Um, I have a lot of hockey people in my phone. I would say probably the most nationally known hockey person that is in my phone would be Kenny Albert, who is the lead analyst for TNT for their hockey coverage. And he's, he's a nationally known broadcaster. He does NFL on Fox and, and, and he, he does basketball occasionally. This is a guy who does everything is he's the son of hall of fame broadcaster, Marv Albert, Uh, super nice guy, Kenny Albert. Um, Great guy to talk to, and uh, I'm really excited that he got his opportunity at TNT to be the number one hockey analyst for them, or not hockey analyst, but play-by-play announcer for them. He's probably the most famous hockey guy I have in my phone. I have Jim Fox in my phone, and uh, a funny story with Jim Fox is several years ago, I was hanging Christmas lights up around my house, and I was standing on a ladder, and I had my hands up over my head stringing these Christmas lights, and I don't know how it happened, but somehow my phone was in my pocket, and it dialed Jim Fox, right? You know, the old, the butt dialing, uh, I guess they call it, right? Uh, and I heard I heard Jim Fox saying, hello? 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 I, <laughs> coming from my pants. Uh, and uh, me putting Christmas lights up with my hands over my head, standing on a ladder so I couldn't really reach down and answer the phone. And then if I did, what was I going to say? You know, oh, hi, Jim. Uh, it's Eddie Garcia. Uh, you've talked to me a few times. I'm, I accidentally called you. Anyway, uh, so that was, I guess, an amusing story about uh, famous people in my phone. I, I will say this on Twitter, on my personal Twitter account, uh, which is at Eddie on Fox, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I am followed by Tom Cruise. And there is an LA Kings story about this. Um, Tom Cruise was at a Kings game. I was at the Kings game up in the press box. They showed Tom Cruise on the uh, the, the Jumbotron. I took a picture of it and I tweeted out, hey, Tom Cruise is uh, taking on, uh, watching the LA Kings play tonight. Uh, and uh, his Twitter account then followed me back. Now, I'm I'm pretty confident that Tom Cruise didn't actually take out his phone, see that tweet and decide to follow me back. I'm guessing he has someone run his Twitter account for him. I'm going to go out on a limb with that. But uh, but it, it, the fact of the matter is, if you look at the the people that follow me on Twitter, Tom Cruise follows me on Twitter. So that's, I got that going for me. Uh, I, I mentioned on a recent episode, and th- by the way, that that's, that concludes the emails for this week. Thank you so much to all who emailed. If you would like to get an email to me for next Friday's show, uh, the email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. Thank you guys for all of the emails. I hope you enjoyed uh, my, my, my responses. Um, I mentioned on a recent episode uh, that I have reached out to Ontario Rain play-by-play man Josh Schaefer to have him on a, on a, as a guest on an upcoming episode to talk about the Kings prospects that will be playing in Ontario. And as I mentioned, he is going to be at the 2022 Rookie Faceoff in San Jose, so we're going to push back that interview with him until the following week after so he can tell us what he saw uh, at the Rookie Faceoff. Um, but he did pass along some information to me that I wanted to pass along to you, and that is that you can watch the 2022 Rookie Faceoff. It, is, uh, it will be streaming on something called Hockey TV. Uh, I did go and check this out to confirm that that is going to be the case. I'm not sure. I've never used this service before, so I'm not sure if you have to pay for it. I'm I'm guessing it is possible that you have to pay for it. I think it's like $20 for a month. Um, but uh, if you if you are interested in watching, you can watch the 2022 Rookie Faceoff. The Kings games 
uh, are Friday, September 16th against the Avalanche at 2 p.m., Saturday, September 17th against the Golden Knights at 2 p.m., and Monday, the 19th of September, 3 p.m. against the Sharks. Again, if you want to check that out, um, like I will be doing, you can go to Hockey TV, Google Hockey TV, and uh, you can uh, watch those games being streamed. I have no, I've never used that service before. I don't know about the quality of it, but uh, I will be checking it out at least. And uh, I, I will watch for you if you uh, if you uh, maybe don't want to don't want to jump through the hoops of doing that. All right, that's going to do it for uh, today's show. Uh, to keep up to date on everything going on with this show and the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter. We are at Locked On LA Kings. Again, if you'd like to send an email about anything that's going on with this show or any questions you have for me for our Friday feedback uh, segment. Uh, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. That's Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening and for watching Locked On LA Kings. Have a great weekend. Try and stay cool out there. I'm Eddie Garcia reminding you, as always, go Kings go.